The falling snow tells a story of the great shattering of the holiday wreath. Father Christmas was nowhere to be found. Twelve days of merry chaos. The Yule celebrations. Prayers and letters of gifts one granted with no one to receive them. A North Pole unoccupied and abandoned by Father Winter himself. The faces of the Yuletide spirits, embodiments of the winter months all, the mad taint of their frozen power heralded by the ringing of sleigh bells. Now, frozen boughs deck the empty howling halls. Arise now, ye jolly, ye gay, who seek to be merry. Jack Frost, the nipper of noses. Parson Brown, the ephemeral wedding announcer. Rudolph, the writer of ways, the lonesome cookie-eater, Krampus, the child abductor, and the elf on the shelf, the all-knowing! And one other whom holiday cheer would once again bless, a caroler of no renown cross the blizzard to the winter wonderland <laughs> to stand in the cold outside and become the yuletide lord <laughs> <laughs> Ho ho, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your holly jolly dungeon manager, Jamie Molkel. My pronouns are he and him, and I am here with my festive co-hosts. I'm Cassidy. My pronouns are they, them. <laughs> and uh, I'm the embodiment of Yuletide cheer. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was wondering why you were so holly and jolly. Yeah, you just can't contain it. I'm so jolly. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> I can feel it radiating off of you like the heat of a collapsing star. Actually, that's if I remove my dampening cloak. Oh, okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, otherwise it would just, it would destroy everything around me. It's too powerful. I'm too jolly for my cloak. (laughs) So jolly, I'll choke. Oh, God. Everyone around me. (laughs) I can feel the good vibes just boring down on me. 
<laughs> oppressively yeah, good vibes. I was going to yeah. say oppressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. You're bringing all the you're bringing all the cheer we need, but me. Yeah. A bit of a different vibe. Oh boy. I'm Jack Olander. My pronouns are any and all. I'll take whatever you put under the tree. Oh. And speaking of trees, I am the uh I am the cat that hides in the tree at Christmas. That tackles it? Yes. <laughs> Is this a thing? Oh yeah, cats uh they will often hide inside of Christmas trees. Huh. They'll climb up inside of your tree and just sit in there or tackle them and destroy everything. Yep. Well, yeah. There are all kinds of things people will do t- to their tree to avoid the cat knocking everything over. Cass and I have had to have two years with no holiday tree because, uh, kittens. And one of them is insane. <laughs> uh, I mean, both of them are insane. Today, Puck knocked over her entire food bin. Fun. Yeah. And th- that's it. Yeah. That's where it is. That's... And you're the cat that's hiding in the tree. I'm the cat in the tree. I tell riddles, but only this time of year. It's a Christmas demon. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. How do they tell you apart from a regular cat in a tree? When I start talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a good sign. It's like beloved film, A Talking Cat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Which I haven't seen. We have. Oh, we have. (laughs) Oh, we have. But we're not talking about a talking cat this week, no matter how fitting it would be. And while next week... We will be talking about talking cats. Yeah, a whole ensemble of them. Yeah, but that's a different story. Today, right now, at whatever time you're listening, whether or not it is the holiday times and you are in the holiday cheer, we are going to be talking about Santa's sleigh. Yeah. Now, I just want to clarify here, that is S-L-A-Y, sleigh, not S-L-E-I-G-H, Slay. And we're not talking about the fun Gen Z Slay Queen. No. We're talking about Slay as in, like, sudden, incredible acts of violence and murder. That's right. And presenting to us these acts of incredible violence is director David Steinman. And this film from 2005 stars... Bill motherfucking Goldberg, former WCW world champion, undefeated streak for two years. Incredible. Unheard of. Uncanny. Never before done. Probably never done ever after. Also, Emily <laughs> DeRaven and Douglas Smith. And I know name is Emily DeRaven? I'm not sure. Maybe it's Emily DeRaven? <laughs> <laughs> One of those names. <laughs> Anyways, we've got a movie starring a professional wrestler, so I'm probably gonna like basically like know everything about this movie or something. Yeah, Cass and I are just about to head out. And yeah. You got the rest of it. Just through osmosis, I'll be able to perfectly analyze this film. But I need you guys here to like join me in the Christmas moral spirit. support. Yeah, that too. Or maybe we'll all have something to say. I don't know. But I'm excited to talk about another movie with a wrestler. I'll give this movie two triceps and a bicep. (laughs) (laughs) Only one bicep? Something happened to the other one. It exploded. Where is the uncep? 
<laughs> but before I start going off about how much I love wrestling, we should probably summarize this bad boy. Yeah, you'll get into the side tangents later. Exactly. Or, I mean, also during this. Or we analyze this naughty boy. Oh, this naughty boy. Yes. Because it is on the naughty list. Ah, yeah. I see. Cass is like, is this movie a naughty boy? This is the only <laughs> film I know for which the final credits have a naughty and nice list for every actor and part of the production staff. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah, that was fun. One of the greatest choices I've ever seen in cinema history. But before that happened, uh, <laughs> Santa is going on a killing spree. and Finally. That's basically the whole movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, we're done with the summary. <laughs> You're not wrong. That like actually, that's pretty good. <laughs> maybe, maybe a few like main moments. Okay. Like first off, Santa murders a shitty rich family. Yeah. Beautiful. Made up of like famous actors like James Can, Fran Drescher, Chris Kattan. It's glorious. Yeah. They they really suck and. They want to make sure that you hate this family before they're killed, so... Good choice. They, like, are super racist and shitty. Yep. Homophobic. Yeah. And then, who <laughs> comes down the chimney? But jolly old Saint Nick. The thing is, he ain't so jolly. He's more like a professional wrestler turned Santa Claus who wants to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. He does like some wrestling moves and some cool flips. Oh yeah, Bill Goldberg does all of his stunts in this, and they make sure you know it because I like, mean Santa. <laughs> yeah, like every shot of him doing a wild stunt, you can just see it's Goldberg in the shot. That's right. And somewhere completely different are some teenagers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who incidental uh, to the plot until like halfway through the film. Yeah, they're like awkwardly trying to almost date one of them is more into it than the other and that's mary or mac as she goes well you, we have to give her a like masculine sounding name so that she can feel approachable right or right, some right, shit right. um she likes to exact violence on those that she has affection for well she comes from a second amendment loving family i mean oh. that's just that is true at the yeah. end of the film, her dad uses a bazooka to blow up uh, Santa's sleigh. So That's true. That's how they win the day. Santa's right. sleigh, not Santa's sleigh the movie. Right. Yes. She shows affection to her friend slash partner, Nick, by, like, punching him so hard in the chest. <laughs> it makes yeah. him cry. She's dislocating something in him. <laughs> Every we time. can see his body break. It's brutal. It's not a flirty punch. No, not at all. It's a serious hitting, <laughs> a hit. Falcon punches, heavy attacks this guy. I know. Uh, they work together at the local Jewish deli run by Mr. Green. He's a really nice guy. He is. Yeah. I wanted a little bit more slice of life. Of them just running the deli. Yeah. I could have gone for that. Mr. Green is nice as long as you're not trying to come into his deli uh, after closing time, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 
You mean literally he doesn't want you in there after they've closed. Yeah, yeah. Then he'll call you a schmuck for trying to get in. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, ooh, something happens to Mr. Green when he does that. Let's just say don't get too attached to any of the characters. <laughs> they are pretty much all gonna die. Unless um, that character is Santa. Or has a gun. So, yeah... Nick and Mary, they're palling around. They're just trying to do their Christmas thing. I just realized they do not have the Second Amendment. They're Canadian. Oh, that's true. This takes place in Alberta, Canada, home of wrestling legend Bret the Hitman Hart from Calgary. You know, not featured in this film. I had to keep (laughs) reminding myself they were in Canada, too, because of all of the guns and violence. It really... It made me think they were in America. That's fair. You know, it's still a big thing in Canada. Yeah, However, oh, absolutely. This yeah. was exceptional. Yeah. Now, just so we're clear, Brett the Hitman Hart does not appear in this film, but when he transferred to WCW, he was wrestling Bill Goldberg, star of this ah. film, and Goldberg kicked him in the head so hard that it almost ended Brett's career. I think it gave him like a stroke. Jesus. That's a lot. <laughs> Bill was notoriously, how shall sloppy. I say, sloppy. Yeah. Um, rough. It worked for this role. It worked really well for this role. Some um, brutal, reckless maniac. Yeah. So Santa um, is rampaging through the town of Hell. Uh, yep, that tracks. <laughs> Hell, Alberta, Canada. Um, I did not check to see if this is a real place. I didn't either. Um, it isn't. <laughs> no way. It's real enough for the movie. So he burns down a strip club. Boo. <laughs> uh, commits mass murder in a police station. I mean, I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> he kidnaps a pastor. Well, yeah, I mean, that's fair. And I think he kills him later. I don't remember. Oh, he impales him on the American flag. Weird. It it makes you stop for a second, because they're in Canada. I just, when we were watching it, I'm like, oh, you got to be careful when you cut the body off not to cut the flag. And now I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the right nation. Does the, the movie I think was filmed in Canada? Maybe it takes place in America? They talk about the Midwest. They do, actually. They do talk about the Midwest. Maybe they're just considering Canada like the 51st state. <laughs> <laughs> the fun part the is it doesn't It doesn't matter where this movie takes place. It takes place in America basically. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Um yeah, he impales Mr. Green in the delicatessen with his own menorah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Green is like like shotgunning or no, like sniping Santa with dreidels and That's he's right. like dodging them. But Mr. Green has one hell of a throwing arm. It's he breaks great. a window with a dreidel. It's yeah, great. a store window. That's thick glass. Yeah. He's got those muscles built up from spinning the dreidel. But I've the- been waiting for this. <laughs> but then Goldberg spears him through the deli case. Yeah. Spear as in the wrestling move. Yes. He doesn't have, like, a Yule Spear. Artists make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, you're the artist. I'm Um, making it happen. Duck with Yule... Duck Santa with Yule Spear and gigantic beefy wing. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
he runs down a crotchety old lady who's mean to everybody <laughs> on the road. <laughs> Fucking Santa rules in this movie. Um, then hold on, let me rephrase that. Santa fucking rules in this movie. Uh, then <laughs> most of the time, the rest of the movie is basically like chasing Nick and Mac to different locations, and as a result, uh, Nick's grandpa gets run over by the bison that is pulling Santa's sleigh. Um, excuse me, Cass. I believe that's a hell deer. Right. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise known as. A white bison. Also, Santa's sleigh, like the the vehicle, uh, not the not the name of this film, is basically like a Viking ship with like shields. Yeah, it's and pretty it, cool. It was supposed to have oars, but they couldn't afford it. That's right. And the movie is like vaguely Scandinavian themed. Yeah, like it's Yule. Yeah, and they're like the Yulesons or whatever. Yeah, they're the Yulesons, Nick and his grandpa, and they're like lore keepers for Santa. And his ilk, and like, it helps him like know how to control him or something. Yeah. Also, Grandpa is an angel who gave up his angel immortality for a human woman. Yeah. But he's like a thousand years. I mean, no, he's an angel. He's probably like hundreds of thousands of years old. And maybe even like universe old. Yeah. Um, and so that means Nick is an Azamar. Right, he's a part angel, like a quarter angel. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Quarter angel on his uh, one of his parents' side. I don't. We don't know which no, on my side. grandpa's. Yeah, side. on my grandpa's side. <laughs> um, eventually, uh, Nick and Mac are like at Nick's house, and they go to the school. Then they run back to the gun club, and they just mow down Santa, and they blow up. The sleigh with a bazooka. Like you do. And, um, yeah. Then it's done. <laughs> no. Then we see Santa, totally fine, basically just dressed as Bill Goldberg in, like, leather and denim, and then he just has, like, a long Santa beard in a braid. It's like a goatee beard. Yeah, and he's buying a plane ticket to the North Pole. Yeah, because his bison died. That's sad. Oh, and it was like strapped to Max Dad's hood of his car. Yeah, what was the gooey bit that blew up? Ew, what the? Fuck? Because when they <laughs> blow up the sleigh with the bazooka, Santa is intact. The bison is intact. Wait, and the preacher is intact. This is this is something that might help. So Santa in this movie, in the lore of this movie. He's actually the son of Satan and a woman named Vicky. So Right. Uh, this is not a joke. He might actually be immortal. So you like he you think what happened is he blew up and then reconstituted from like the largest yeah, chunk. Yeah, now yeah. here's the Fair. thing. He's effectively the Antichrist, right? Yes. Christ got a resurrection. Oh, he's also the oh. the second immaculate conception after Jesus. Yeah. Yes. So yes, he is That's like literally the Antichrist. Yeah. Well, I think after that we were ready to talk about him in the Delve. Not quite. We need to bring up the fact that we missed this. This is a very important detail. The reason that Santa Oh yeah. is who he is. He's the son of the devil, right? Grandpa in angel form 
comes to Grampiel, we'll call him. <laughs> Thank you. Comes to Earth and challenges Santa to a curling contest. Yeah. And if Grampiel wins, Santa needs to be good for a thousand years. Right. And that's where, like, we get the Christmas tradition is because he, Santa is being forced to deliver presents. This movie takes place exactly 1,000 years later when Santa is no longer bound by the gaze that is holding him to being... Gaze. Gaze. Yeah. Gaius? G-E-A-S? Gaius? I don't think there's anything actually compelling him except for he is honor-bound to uphold his role in the bet that he made with the angel. Okay, fair enough. But anyways, that's about it. All right. We should probably head into the delve. Mm-hmm. You know what kind of a note I have for themes? Uh, fuck the rich. Folklore. Nice. Cool. Yeah, totally, totally. Santa. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Violence. <laughs> Violence is more of a motif, motif in this film. Yeah. A motif. A motif. Motive. Welcome to the Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scenes, and lore of Santa's sleigh. Now, guys, I gotta say, I was a major wrestling fan during the Monday Night Wars, of course. Perfect age, like mid-teens. I was definitely, like, on the WWF side. Uh, WCW, I would watch WCW. It wasn't my thing. Uh, they had really good Lucha Libre matches, which nice. I loved. Love that. But that was, like, the main draw for me. Goldberg was this big deal. I never liked the streak. I never liked Goldberg as a wrestler very much. He was big. He wasn't very interesting, I didn't think. He would basically just squash everybody. I always wanted him to, like... To have the streak broken. So I wasn't like a big fan of Goldberg. But first off, I understand that wrestling is theater. And that, you know, there's a human person behind this character that he was playing. I have, you know, no issue with the man who played the character of Goldberg. Who I think's real name is Bill Goldberg. And I had to say, he is fun as hell in this movie. Yeah. It's yeah, really it fun to see uh, a wrestler who comes in, does his own stunts, clearly having a good time with the role. Did you already say he's a Jewish guy playing Santa? I have not mentioned that he's a Jewish guy playing Satanic Santa, but I love that too. We're going to get into that. His name is Bill Goldberg. He's a Jewish man <laughs> who is playing Satanic Santa and going on a killing spree and killing, for the most part, a bunch of shitty rich people. And well, I love it. Yeah. Or like hypocritic assholes. Yeah. And being horrified by his own bison. Other way around. What? The bison was that, afraid of him. Oh, they scared each other pretty good, but you're right. <laughs> so the actual bison <laughs> that they uh, like spray painted white for this movie was apparently afraid of Bill Goldberg's voice while they were filming the Because he was yelling so much. Yeah. And so the bison, when he would raise his voice, the bison would freak out and just bolt. It would start running away from it him. It would actually rear up, which I've never seen a bison do. 
And then take off charging. Yeah. And it would it's it's like eight hundred pounds. It, so it would pull the sleigh. <laughs> Jack, try fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred pounds. <laughs> Almost double. That's right, the sleigh was eight hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. And so when it would take off, it would take the sleigh with it. There was a scene <laughs> there was a scene in like an alleyway behind some of the suburban houses, like it's, a side street. It's like supposed to be like right when the grandpa gets killed. Yeah. Uh, Bill Goldberg is like shouting at the teens right when he's about to go up and pat the bison. It rears up and he's just like, no way. Bison's like, like, fuck this guy. And it like, it like screams. (laughs) It's like, he's midline where it freaks out and he just like cuts off from what he's saying in the script. He's like, "Uh uh-uh. And he just turns and walks away from it. And it's, meanwhile, it's like rearing up. I've never seen this. It and it's wild. Like, it's like, oh! <laughs> and it fucking charges. There's a guy on this like trying to control it. And he's like, whoa! And he's just like, has to go along with this bison that's taking off. Yeah, there's not a lot of ways to stop a bison that I'm familiar with. Now, they also have this bison flying in the movie because <laughs> it's a flying sleigh. In order to film this, they actually used cables to lift the bison and the sleigh like 20 feet off the ground. And Goldberg's at, almost 300 pounds himself. At first I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if the bison would like that. Bison seemed like he was pretty chill about it. Seemed it seemed really fine with what yeah, was happening. Like, this is cool. I'm like, bison aren't supposed to be in that position ever in nature. Maybe so it- combined, it's over one ton of weight. <laughs> Mostly meat and wood. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack right there. Oh, yeah. So, like you're saying, Jack, it was so heavy, they could only hold it up for, like, 30 seconds at a time. Yeah. Whatever, like, hydraulic system they were using or whatever could not, ju- it couldn't do it. And the bison would just hang there. It would, <laughs> it would just be like, eh. <laughs> so they, they had ropes tied to its legs, and they were, like, kind of moving its legs to try to make it look like it's running in the air. It worked. <laughs> I know. And they had, like... Multiple guys on with cameras like on the the zoom tracks. And so they were like swooping by the sleigh on either side, just trying to get as many shots as possible in that 30 seconds. They said it was mayhem. (laughs) Well, it worked because the special effects in this movie are ridiculous fun. That's right. Yeah. So it's an actual bison in all the shots. (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) they had him at at some points like riding the sleigh on roads and the bison's just like charging up behind people oh the scene where santa runs uh the like rude old woman from the kosher deli off the road is one of the greatest moments in cinematic history yeah oh yeah it's hilarious He's just like, get out, uh, move, bitch, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, this movie is like just constant references to other movies and other like early to mid 2000s pop culture. Like pop culture, yeah. yeah. It feels very much like they're trying to recreate like a feeling of gremlins in a weird way, but then there's no like little monsters. There's like the biggest monster of all time. Bill Goldberg as Santa Claus. Yeah. And he has a connection to hell. And I'm not calling Goldberg history's greatest monster. I'm saying he's very large. (laughs) 
Like, he's super jacked in this movie, too. So, it seems like, in this movie, he has a hit list in his head. Yeah. Some especially naughty individuals who he is beelining toward. Yes. And he just... Everyone else he kills is a crime of convenience on his way to that person. Pretty much. I mean, okay, I well, want I want to talk him. about that. So, yeah. Yeah, he wants to kill as many people as possible because he it's gone back to a dag of mort, day of slings. <laughs> because uh Thank you. Uh that's what it always was before the thousand year hiatus when it was a dag of yule or no, dag of joy. Yes. Where uh, he had to like give presents to everybody for those thousand years. So before and after that hiatus, it was a dag of mort. Yeah, I mean, let's get into the lore. So a thousand years ago, Santa lost this bet against the angel in a curling match. So that's another reason you know this is a Canadian movie. Yeah. And remember that curling is the national sport of Canada. It's not hockey, despite what all logic would dictate. Yeah. That's right. And this scene where we are getting this explained to us is shot in the lovable, like, stop-motion animation style of the old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But it's not clay, it's it's like papier-mation. I thought it was clay. Well, it looked like just kind of goofy paper dolls. Some some of it was. It is very fun. It's super fun. I love it. It was perfect. So prior to this (laughs) deal... Christmas night was a night of terror, or yeah. Yule night was yeah. a night of terror across at least Scandinavia, where it seems like this Santa specifically targets European countries. And, you know, this has ties to actual pagan traditions of the Wild Hunt. Oh! Rides through the skies uh, during the 12 days of Yule, where uh, <laughs> Odin and his warriors, his Einhariar, Ride through the sky in a wild hunt, and uh, you ha- you can't be caught outside at night uh, unless you have an offering to give them. If you don't have an offering, they might either kill you or force you to ride with them. Now, that makes sense within the context of the film, because in Northern European countries, the Father Christmas character is often inspired by Odin yeah. of the Norse pantheon. He's like... A wise, older, bearded guy who, like, goes around traveling through the winter wonderland. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a pretty good connection for the film. Yeah. That's right. And Odin sees everything. Just like Santa Claus. That's right. He knows when you've been naughty. He knows when, you're, when you've been nice. And he will fuck you up no matter what. And he has a spear that, when thrown, always hits the heart of whoever it's been aimed at. Just like Santa. He sees you when you're sleeping. And he knows when you're awake. (laughs) He knows when you've been bad or good. It won't help if you're good, for goodness sake. (laughs) It is so sinister. (laughs) But so, now that we are in the timeline of this movie, let's get into it. Like, the first thing we see Santa do is show up at this rich, shitty, asshole house full of terrible people... The worst people you've ever seen. Like Cass said, they're racist. They're throwing slurs, homophobic slurs. Yeah, we can't repeat them here. They're just being obnoxious. Santa comes down their chimney, breaks in, and just kills them all for no good reason. And it's just great. I beg to differ. 
we heard their mouths before he well, came okay. in there. Santa does not inherently have a reason to show up unless he is like the woke police, in well, which case, awesome. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're just on his list. I saw what he did in that strip club. He's not a member of the woke police. No. Fair enough. Yeah, the does humor not... in this movie does not hold up. No. the Yeah, the humor is not great. A lot of uh, unfortunate lines. The humor for me mostly comes from the fact that the kills are just so over the top and so insane. It is a slasher comedy. It's listed as a slasher comedy. I mean, Santa uses ornament gas grenades. Yeah. Yes, he bites the, like, hook off of an ornament like a grenade. (laughs) That's right. He can, what is it, throw, like, molten coal that explodes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, the gifts explode, too. That's right. The gifts are bombs. I wanted to quickly ask the question without Googling it, because I think it's more interesting this way. Works for me. Why does Santa give coal to the bad kids on Christmas? I know. In this economy, it might be a better investment. And back in the day, that would have been fuel. So it's like, well... I'll still give you something. You can stay warm through the winter. Yeah, maybe it's like a practical gift. Like you haven't you don't deserve something fun. You need to learn a valuable lesson and that will be a practicality. Ah. Now, that's that is an interpretation and could very well be it. But look. Santa is the old god for children. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah. He is all knowing. For, for some <laughs> children, Santa is the first god that they know. That's right. I remember we talked about this last year. I we, think did. we did. Yeah. I'm just retouching on it. Yeah, real quick. no, we should. He's god for children. Yeah. He weighs everything you do throughout the year morally and then decides your fate. It's yeah. a simplified moral compass for kids. Yeah. That's right. Extremely binary. Naughty. Exactly. Nice. No in-between. No great. That's right. Medieval Christian values. (laughs) You're either red or you're green. That's right. Wait, aren't those both Christmas colors? (laughs) Santa mostly wears red. Santa just gets to decide however they want. Fuck, green Santa's a good look, though. I mean, that's more Father Christmas. Yeah. You're right. And uh, we talked last year about how Krampus is like Christmas Satan, pretty much. Yes. You've been bad, and now you're taken by a demon, right? Yeah. Even portrayed like Satan, a goat man, right? That's right. But here's the thing. Well, vice versa, right? Satan's portrayed like Krampus? Well, the, that depiction of Satan was inspired also by Pan. From, yes. Yeah. Well, from Roman mythology in this instance, because when Christians were taking over Rome... Pan was one of the most popular gods and the one they were really having trouble slandering, so they made the devil look like him. Gee, I wonder why people like the horny, goat-legged alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. Who, like, stands up for humanity when none of the other gods will, except for his dad, Hermes. Now... Hermes is so hype. Hermes is pretty hype. But Christmas, (laughs) right? (laughs) Let's talk Christmas. Okay. Krampus is... Uh, was, I think, more of a niche Christmas tradition. Yeah, I think Krampus is primarily from continental Europe, the northern. Alps. Yeah, yeah. Right. like the less Alp northern, region. more Alps. Yeah, yeah, yeah so kind of niche. Uh, more often, it's Santa deciding whether you're good or bad. That's right. right? Yeah. The now, single arbiter. Now, if you're good, you get the gifts. You get joy and merriment. 
toys, nutcrackers, little train, uh, bells that remind you of your need for Christmas cheer or else. Cass, we are not talking about the Polar Express here. I <laughs> forbid it. <laughs> now, the coal. Okay. I think it's yeah. representative of child hell. Okay. Ah. Okay. Because coal burns. Fair. Ah. So the coal is a threat. The coal <laughs> is a threat. Oh my god. It's like, you like brimstone, you little shit? <laughs> I mean, that's very in line with this Santa. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Who can spit Hot coal. Yes. He also has laser eyes. He's from hell. (laughs) (laughs) In a deleted scene, he also has, like, basically, like, frost exhalation through his nose. Yeah, but in another scene that's in the movie, he, yeah, he spits fire. He does, yeah. Yeah. And that's actually one of the ways they, like, beat him. Wait, did he have laser eyes, or was I... <laughs> I'm confusing don't that with the no. robot Santa from Christmas Bloody Christmas. You are confusing that with the robot Santa from Christmas Bloody Christmas, which Kaz and I watched the night before we watched Santa. Okay, the okay. night before, not Christmas. No, <laughs> another movie that we've talked about on this very show. Just yes, a week. not the night before Christmas, but no, no, I was in the night before Christmas. Yeah, we watched oh, the night before Christmas with Sir Cole. Yes, yeah, but not the night before Christmas. No, we, well, I, I'm pretty Stone sure we've watched The Night Before Christmas, The Night Before Christmas. Like, I think at least once on Christmas Eve, we watched The Night Before Christmas. That's right. I lost track of the what's happening. The Knicked Before Christmas. <laughs> okay, thank you. Which is the old English pronunciation so, of, or the middle English pronunciation So Santa. So Santa. Anyway, I think that w- that's, my, that's my theory on the Christmas cold. Okay. I think it's implying to your children that you think they're deserving of eternal punishment. That does fall into the very binary old Christian tradition of, like, fire and brimstone preaching. Yeah. Of, like, Catholicism and stuff and such. It's just it's just a uh, hypothesis, perhaps. Maybe not a theory. It's, you I'm know. also thinking of something really dark, like, back... Um, oh, now you're thinking of something dark. In the Industrial Revolution era, when kids were working, and <laughs> they... Thank your unions, people. The coal is like a reminder of their daily hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is very dark. There's no respite. If you no enjo- fun, no If play. you enjoy time off, thank a union. There's like there was like a joke that went around when Minecraft was really big and like on YouTube with all the kids loving Minecraft, people would just say, The children, they yearn for the mines. Oh god <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and I mean child labor was a thing before that too, but like not to the extent of like working in factories and stuff. Yeah, the Industrial Revolution was a choice. The real gift of coal is the gift of education. Right. How so? As most of the coal was formed from the foresty deposits that were laid down during the Carboniferous period several billion years ago. Carboniferous. When, yes. When uh when Carboniferous uh, of carbon. That's right. <laughs> when most of the land plants started getting their rigid structures and standing up for the first time in uh plant formations like grass. Specifically, 
probably bamboo-like structures. I was thinking bamboo. Hmm. At the time, bacteria had not evolved to be able to digest those rigid cell structures, and that meant there were large mats of plant fibers that were undigested and covered by stone, turning into into today's oil and coal. (laughs) I still have a hard time understanding how you did not do well in school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck it, man. <laughs> you know so many things. It's because I was reading that on a laptop in English class. <laughs> and then I was reading English in my math class. And then it never worked out right. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about how this Santa, for a good chunk of the film, is a righteous avatar of justice against the elitist class who need to be punished for their lack of charity and Christmas spirit. I mean, that's mostly only in the opening scene. And in his first few kills. Is it? Well, he kills the woman who's terrible to um, Mr. Green and I his think employees. she's just a shitty old lady. I I think of her as an elitist. Really? Treating employees at a deli like that? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they're just... hostage to her whim. Exactly. She had a large fur coat. That implies wealth. Did You're she? Right. Yes. Oh, You're perfect. right. See, you have to learn how to read the symbols. Someone should do something about her. Somebody did. And she did call Mary a whore just because she was working there. That's right. She was mopping a floor, man. She was just, she didn't even say anything. Listen, that old lady had to go, is all I'm saying. Family at the beginning, (laughs) coded as like this wealthy, shitty family who's just like a wreck. You cannot just gloss over she had to go. We have to talk about this. Okay. Um... So she's driving home after she's being a shitty person to everybody. That's right. Um, it's dark out. She's on a highway with snow everywhere. Santa crawls in with his bison. How oh dear. And, Which can fly. Yeah. But they're just on the road. Maybe and it uses more power to fly. Yeah. They come up behind her. And then the bison just like bucks onto her car. And it... it <laughs> careens off the road and <laughs> flies up an embankment and she's yeah. just flying and twisting through the air. <laughs> she's so frail. <laughs> and then the car crashes and explodes. All I'm saying is <laughs> it's sheer devastation. But that is one of the first scenes we see like later on and then the opening of Santa taking out these obnoxious rich people. Yeah. Who are super shitty to each other and about everyone else. Yeah, just awful, awful people. Like, early on, it's easy to read Santa as something of an ally of the working class. Yeah, he's kind of a hero. Early on, yeah. Then when he starts burning down the strip club, not a big fan of that. I assume because it shows this preacher, like, asking for money from his congregation, saying, like, oh, make sure to, like, dig deep in your pockets. Then he takes that money... To go to the strip club and pay strippers, which I'm like, okay, like, the preacher should be able to do that hypothetically, like, to go, you know, hire a sex worker if he wants to. Like, yeah. we, we should have, you know, like, 
legalized sex work in this country. Yeah. But he's being a huge but fucking is hypocrite. is it in America or Canada? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, which country are we talking about? My point is, I'm not trying to shame the sex that work. part or the sex work. No. I'm shaming this preacher who is like saying like, oh, I'm using this money for the needy. The needy. And it's just for himself. Well, he's to... just stealing it from everybody. That's the shit. Yeah, part. exactly. Yeah. But so I assume that Santa is going to the strip club to get the preacher, but he's kind of, he's basically not. No. He's going to like he goes and kills a bunch of the poor strippers who have done nothing well, wrong. He beats up he doesn't kill any of the strippers. He does. No, no, no. He beats up on the patrons. No, remember the scene where the preacher is next scene reading the obituary of the strippers? No, yeah. he, I didn't. Now, here's what happens. Santa is going after the preacher because he is hunting the preacher across multiple scenes. I thought it was just kind of like a matter of convenience. No, he, he definitely is beelining for the preacher. I think, you know, sexually assaulting the strippers, trigger warning, is uh, a crime of convenience. Yeah, he, he uh, and then gives an unwanted kiss. Killing the patrons is a sign of, is a crime of convenience. Sure. And uh, burning the place down was just, you know, dramatic flair. <laughs> Which killed a lot of the strippers. Yeah. And that I'm not okay with. Yeah, the preacher, seeing some of the unconscious strippers, takes the dollar bills that he gave them back oh, out fuck, of their I underwear. Yeah, that was fucked. This but guy yeah, sucks. Yeah, Santa does take him down later when he flies into the town square at like the tree lighting ceremony. Right. And abducts the preacher from there. That's right. He uh he takes the preacher with him by force like a Pokemon. And uh, is that how Pokemon works? Yeah, yes. you beat them up and they become more obedient when you kidnap <laughs> oh, them. Jeez, that's yeah, right. I you forgot how, them. I forgot how troubling Pokemon is. But he doesn't use his Pokemon to fight. He just has him as a companion on the sleigh. No, for a he while. fights his Pokemon. He punches the preacher in the face. Yeah, he he abuses him a couple of times until he eventually stakes him on the American flag. Where is this? <laughs> Where does this movie take place? It says it's in Canada, but then there's... Calgary, Alberta, America. <laughs> Indiana, North Ontario. What the fuck? <laughs> All I'm saying is Santa has a scattershot approach that sometimes punishes the right people and sometimes punishes the wrong He's people. He's a demon of chaos. I mean, aren't we all? And mayhem. You know who else are demons of chaos and mayhem? Who's that? Our patrons. <laughs> this is like a Christmas episode where it's so easy to talk about giving and like presents and shit. And you're like, no, <laughs> no. You know who's fucked up little psychos? <laughs> hey, I know what the people like. Yeah. Are they mayhem agents of chaos because they want to support our show they are <laughs> who shakes up the piece like artists thank you i think we're the artists in this scenario yes. right we're the artists cool. and those who appreciate the art give us money true i'm sorry gives us donations <laughs> right right yes yeah. uh in the form of a patronage that's right Holiday gifts, we call it. But all year round. Where the heck do they go? 
Well, you don't have to write any letters to Santa for more swords and satire. Or Satan. Apparently it's dangerous if you do. Santa might hunt you down if you write him a letter. That's right. And you can ride your sleigh over to patreon.com slash swords and satire. Oh, shit. And if you join one of the tiers, you'll get bonus content. That's right. You'll get outtakes, of which I'm told there are never that many. No, wait. I'm sorry. There's mostly just outtakes. Oops, all outtakes episodes. (laughs) And what is that I smell? Nothing. But you can listen (laughs) to... (laughs) Or rather vote on movie polls, which determine what we're going to be watching at least once a month. That's right. Or at most once a month. (laughs) Exactly once a month. You can also listen to our rewriting history movie pitch episodes. That's where we come up with a sequel, a reboot, a spinoff, or a crossover from some of our favorite movies. So if you're in the giving spirit this holiday season... Maybe consider heading on over to patreon.com slash swords and satire and giving your favorite fantasy movie podcasters a little support every month. We'd sure appreciate it. But anyway, let's hold our noses, shoot down the chimney right back into the episode. (laughs) So there's a great scene in this movie where Santa shoves a candy cane through a a mugger's eye. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is it a mugger? Yeah, he tries to mug him. Now that's a trigger warning for somebody. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. No, we just put it we just put it in. Afterwards. <laughs> like, I mean, this is a ridiculous slasher movie. Yeah. It like it is exactly what you expect it to be. Yeah. Like y- yes, it is definitely has some troubling moments and some like questionable politics. Yeah. But it's also kind of everything you want out of an insane holiday horror movie. You know, it's a product of the past, which means it's not as progressed as we are now. If that won't trouble you, it it's pretty silly. It's yeah, they wrote out the gay character. So Mary's older brother is supposed to be gay. They didn't write it out. They edited it out. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, there's a scene where she's talking about him coming out to their family and um and she's talking about it with Nick and she says something about how like they should have known because he works at the fragrance counter at the local department store yeah i oh, kind of my lord well, here's the thing i wish they kept that scene in because the implication seems to be that his family completely accepted him yeah yeah he's actually a member of the gun club and they he just palling around with them and like yeah nobody he's, like he's, kicks him out of anything the only evidence is you can still see him wearing a beanie with a rainbow on it yeah like i really wish that they kept that line of dialogue out that makes it seem like mary's family are like a little bit like gun nutty but also are totally cool with their gay son and like there's no problem I would have liked that staying in or the alternative, it being really jarringly jump cut where it's just like, oh, and Nick, this is my. And then it just cuts to like five minutes later in the scene. You're like, wait, what the (laughs) hell? Yeah, he's still there in the movie with the rainbow beanie as part of the gun club. And he's like talking to them for a little bit. Yeah. But so if you're. If you have an eagle eye, you might notice the rainbow and make the connection, but there's no overt dialogue 
pointing out that he's a gay dude. Yeah, I mean, so let's just be clear here. This is an hour and 17 minute movie in the final cut. And they trimmed out the scenes that like expand upon the world and the characters. And just like, I like a nice short movie. I feel like you could have left some of these lines in. Yeah. It's like less than 30 seconds. Yeah. Like it was a strangely not like oddly progressive choice for a 2005 movie. Like, the part where it's like, oh, we should have known he was gay. He cares about how he smells as a man. Yeah, like, it's very <laughs> typecasty, or it's very, like, stereotypy. But, again, the implication is that Mary's family completely accepts him. Yeah, and or, that's a good part. At least Mary does. No, he's out shooting with his dad. Oh, yeah. Like, they're all part of the gun club. He's an out gay man who is able to join the local gun club. And not get any shit for it. It's true. Like, for, for his lifestyle or his sexuality. Like, I just feel like that was a choice that they could have kept. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was disappointed that they didn't keep that in there. And instead, they did keep in the homophobic slurs. Yeah. When there was cuts that we saw where they were not using them. Yeah, what's the actor who was saying that stuff again? James Can, Beloved father from Elf. Well, he was the dad in, in the rich, shitty family, too. And he was the one saying all of the mean things to his son-in-law. And there were, yeah, there were a bunch of deleted cuts that we saw where he was yelling other things at him. But they kept in the cut where he was saying the homophobic slur. Yeah. Most of them were fairly problematic, regardless. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, though, on the other hand... This is a family that you are supposed to hate and kind of revel in their murder in the fashion of a slasher film. Yeah. It was so over the top, like horrible family. I found it like endearing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, look at did. them. They're doing it. They're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They hate each other. They, they hate each other. They're, like, They're trying to like screw each other at the same time, like at the dinner table. They're like saying stuff that's really racist in their prayers. <laughs> it's like a heel. They're like heels. Yes, yeah, thank you. I mean, in the wrestling tradition, they are very much like heel. I mean, they are the characters in the slasher movie that you're supposed to want to see die. It's campy. That's yes, what it is. Yeah. Exactly. The movie is fairly campy. I mean, it Santa, is. again, rides a Viking ship pulled by a hell deer. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm definitely a queer person that likes camp. Yes. I mean, you you that's an uh that's a redundancy. Yes. I, I, apparently not, which I found out recently. There's queer people who don't like camp? I don't it's it's weird. I, I don't want to stereotype anybody, but like come on. Well, guys, given that this is a less than an hour and a half movie, I think we run the risk of running longer than the film, so we should probably just head into the smithy. Welcome to the Smithy, where we each forge a rating for this movie after we share an epic moment or feature from the film. Jack, do you want to tell us your epic moment or feature and then give us a rating from 1 to 10 sharpened candy canes? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> now, let me think about this. Okay, 
This is going to be a sucky epic moment or feature. Oh, boy. But, like, it is honest, and that has value. <laughs> okay. Okay. My epic moment or feature is the editing on the race where the teens are escaping on a snowmobile. The grandpa's just been killed. They're escaping. Yeah. They're going through a, a snowy field. And Santa is flying above them, throwing gifts, which explode like bombs. And Mac is like, Nick, we got to go into the forest so he doesn't have a clear line of sight to throw bombs at us. That's exactly what she sounds like. And uh, (laughs) this is why it's going to suck. Because I don't remember the exact editing of the scene. That's okay. But for like a two or three second moment there, the editing is so flawless 10 out of 10 hilarity that like honestly that that's like it's an epic moment that belongs in like the epic moments of our entire show i think oh wow there was just something about that like three second clip i'm like wow that was like as perfect as it gets right what what, like what what was happening in the editing that is so amazing i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's like seeing the face of an angel. You know, we weren't meant to retain that. That's fair. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just really good. If you see it, just keep an eye out for that scene. You will see it. It's and- when she's yelling at him that they have to go into the forest. Dude, it's like, uh, it's uh, you know, it's good. Just look. Just go see it. <laughs> it was epic. And uh, that's it. All right? Just... Uh, you know, it's honest. I told you it was honest. Yes, okay, That's you did fair. warn us. We're right there on the tin. The elf on the shelf will not report my sins to Santa. We might. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when it comes to the movie as a whole, it is dated. It is a product of its time. However, it's very silly. Yeah. Like, there's some pretty good gags in this, and there's some that it's like, yeah, okay, I get it, right? Yeah. Filler violence. (laughs) Yeah, I like the meaty violence. Yeah, yeah. The subplots were pretty fun. The characters were pretty fun. I loved the grandpa. The grandpa was awesome. The grandpa's pretty great. Yeah, the deli shop, all the scenes there were a lot of fun. Uh, like the curling was hilarious. The claymation was hilarious. All the references to like pop culture, other Christmas media just landed really solid. Move, bitch. Get out (laughs) the way. (laughs) Oh boy. So like, yeah. And like that they curl the curling for the fate of like so many people. The the fact that an angel and a, and the son of the devil invented curling is pretty hilarious. It is. And so the lore is fantastic. The characters are pretty great. It's just like, you know, it could use a touch up. It could use a facelift. Yeah, that's fair. A glow up. It could progress a little bit. But like, I think the movie was a lot of fun. Jack, I understand what you're asking for. And yes, I'm willing to play Santa in the remake. You could do such a good job. (laughs) I even have the right hairstyle to be what Goldberg had underneath all of his Santa hair. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Bill Goldberg is bald is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. And for the listeners who can't hear the state of Jamie's scalp, he, he as well <laughs> is clean shaven head. Thank you. 
God made a few perfect heads the rest you put hair on. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for that, but that was Judge Mills Lane. All right. All that being said, when I think of this movie as a whole, it did what it was trying to do very well. Like, it, it just was very purely itself, is yeah. what I mean to say. Unapologetically, what it was intended to be. You're right, it is a 10 out of 10 film. No. <laughs> I'm going to give it, what are we rating it out of? Sharpened candy canes. For this one, I'm going to give it 6 out of 10 sharpened candy canes. All right. I think it's like, it's a little above average, just because it nailed the vibe it was going for. It was stylistically a lot of fun. A lot of it was nailed. The camp was awesome. Reference is great. It just needs a progressive update. That's it. And then also, like, a little bit... I could use a little bit more development on those characters. Like, since it's a comedy, we didn't really linger on anything. It, You know, I don't mind a little more depth. For a movie where, like, the threat is santa killing off like a huge chunk of some of humanity the stakes feel really low in this movie yeah some things were just so flushed out and others i would have liked to see more of like i wouldn't mind seeing this again but you know i i'm not like dying for it now anyway you might be if santa comes to town that's right six out of ten pretty fun pretty solid totally fair what about you, Cass? What's your epic moment or feature in your rating from 1 to 10 sharpened candy canes? Hmm. You look surprised that I asked. <laughs> Sometimes I forget the format of our own show. <laughs> That's fair. Sometimes I do, too. We should just start the show over. <laughs> ho, 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 fantasy fans! <laughs> no, no. I meant from episode one. <laughs> I haven't think about redoing Conan. We just start over all the same episodes, but oh revisit. My, oh my god. Swords and Satire, The Resurrection. <laughs> I think the epic feature is all of Santa's outfits. Oh my god. They were so good. Yeah, he's got all these layers. Like His hat and cloak are leather, red leather, and they have the fur fringe. And then his hat, instead of a fuzzy ball at the end has a spiky ball that was a dog toy that they spray painted silver yeah it was yeah he's got like this amazing belt that's almost like a wrestling title belt oh that's the best part and at one point he takes his other clothes off and he's got like whoa whoa just his jacket yeah (laughs) he doesn't go around wearing his wrestling uh speedo he's got like a tank top too cold. Yeah. And like suspenders with the red pants. That's a good look. And his guns are out. Dude, it, Goldberg's arms were huge in this. Like way bigger than they were when he was wrestling. Oh, yeah. He was swollen. <laughs> he was. It was just fun to see all the layers as the movie went along. It was awesome. It was a little like morbid how must how like thick his arms were. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think the Sinister Santa really works. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, I agree with Jack. It's a fun movie. It's definitely a fun slasher holiday movie. <laughs> I did like the claymation stop motion animation section. I liked the grandpa who was like really into their Norse ancestry. Yeah, that was fun. 
Which is also weird because his grandpa's an angel. I know. So I guess he just lived in Scandinavia for long enough that he kind of like felt Dude, connected to it. I was just thinking about it. It's like, it's Old Norse and they have their own pantheon, but it's a Christian pantheon. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> like, this movie has lore, but I don't know how extensively written it was. Not very. Um, and that's fine. It's just yeah. kind of a goofball movie. But it was it was just like it, I could still enjoy it, even though a lot of the humor was dated and there were the slurs in there and stuff. It was people that you're not supposed to like. So it's OK. No, it's not OK. <laughs> but you heard it here first, people. <laughs> it's easier to take that way. Um. Anyway. I think I'll give this a five out of ten sharp and candy canes. Oh, fair enough. It's it's just fine. It is know? just fine. And I had a lot of fun watching it with you guys. Yeah. What about you, Jamie? What's your epic moment or feature and your rating out of one to ten sharp and candy canes? <clears throat> yeah. Let us know, Jamie. Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna have to say that my epic feature is just Goldberg doing his own stunts and having what seemed to be a good old time making this movie. He seems to be really having a blast. Yeah. He is the right everything for this character. He's got the right level of like silly seriousness. He's got the a great look. Looks wonderful in the Santa like long gray hair and beard. And the outfit like Cassette is just next level. And he's just having a good old time rolling and flipping and kipping up and like doing like table spins in the strip club and like using it as a shield and spearing Mr. Green through the deli case and just like kind of hamming it up and having a good time. Like I was watching this going like this was probably a really fun movie to make. Yeah. And I mean, it's impressive. He did all the stunts. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you think of... um wrestlers as very physical people and he said in an interview about this movie even though it's a very demanding role it's way less demanding than being in the ring doing all this stuff so it was kind of like a break for him in a way which i thought was interesting yeah makes sense you have a lot more ability to like not get hit super hard when you're making a movie but with all that being considered i think i'm gonna give this movie more points than it probably deserves and give it a 7 out of 10 sharpened candy canes. Whoa! I know. It's a little high, especially for a movie that does feel very dated. And it's not a... I mean, obviously, I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10. It's not a perfect film by any metric, I don't think. I don't think it's supposed to be. No. It's very silly. It's very 2005, over-the-top, it's got some stuff that does feel very dated, but it is a movie that takes a interesting idea and just runs with it. There's some boring moments, even the hour and 15 minutes or so. Yeah. I kind of just wish the whole movie was just following Santa around causing chaos for maybe an hour. And I would have been fine with that. Yeah. The subplot with Nick I didn't really need that. Maybe it's because I'm almost 40 and I just don't need like a teenage goofball character to connect with. 
I found myself feeling a lot more empathy for Evil Santa this watch through for some reason. Honestly, the actor who plays Mac or Mary has more charisma. She would have been a better main character. Yeah. yeah. And she's on Lost, apparently. Right. She is great. Uh, great on Lost. Uh, well, likable on Lost. I'd have to revisit the series to say if the character is great, but sure. I enjoyed her the, on the first watch through. Yeah, she clearly would have been a much better main character to focus on. Instead, we kind of get Nick as our perspective character. He's fine. He's just fine. You the know, grandpa's a fun character. Nick is a character with some interesting depth when yeah. you look at him. His grandpa is really cool, but... Mac is the main character. <laughs> like, yeah. Like She's she, the obvious She man. has protagonist energy. Yeah. She does. Nick does have some interesting depth. He's like kind of complaining about how, oh, Santa, like I don't like Christmas because Santa never gave me the gifts I wanted. But then we find out that he did. He did. And Nick wanted like an easy bake oven. I'm like, that's yeah. cool. Fuck he yeah, was, dude. He was feeling emasculated by it because of the patriarchy. Yeah. But there were a lot of scenes where he didn't really, like, say anything to people. He just had reactions of, like, staring at them, so. Yeah. So, uh, some editing choices, I feel like, were missing here. But, overall, it's a fun movie. Realistically, it deserves a 6 out of 10 or a 5 out of 10. But I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Just to boost it a little bit. Because I feel like people should give it a watch if you're okay with just ridiculous, campy, slasher movie schlock. It's an average of six. That's kind of why I gave it that, was just to, to raise up the average. Of that. Okay. That's right. And you did mention that the editing can be a little choppy, but not in that one stray <laughs> chase scene. Which was flawless. Of indeterminate, you know, variables. We can't be sure what was happening exactly. It impressed the hell out of Jack so much that it slipped out of their memory. It, it was so impressive that I made it my epic moment instead of like a good one. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what's going to be burned into our memories? <laughs> I don't want that it. Jack is forcing upon I us. I don't want it. I'm so bummed. It's um, the Cats movie 2019. I did. It was not my idea. Who Whose idea was it to watch this for the new year? It's probably mine because I'm a fucking masochist <laughs> it was yours because in that head of yours is a jellical brain cell because of my toxoplasmosis <laughs> yes <laughs> meanwhile i'm just giggling in the corner because it was my idea it was <laughs> yeah. it was your I, idea I was, I was taking the blame for it i no. thought it was me too no. no you said if it's on a satire day we'll do it i said if it's on new year's day yeah and it is on new year's eve yeah. yes I'm willing to do it. I I originally said I was never going to see this movie. Same. And then Jack's maniacal obsession with it has broken me down. You've been now talking look. about it ever since you've seen it. Now look. It's not a movie that you see and leave the theater uh, a whole person. <laughs> it's... I'm going to need some... Like, special treats to get through this movie. You're going to need to take something to be extra lucid. 
Because when I saw it in just, the- just for the record, all three of us are straight edge. Like we're not doing any mind altering substance. No, no, I mean I need hot chocolate or something. Yeah. Scorching hot chocolate, yeah. never let it cool. Yeah. You gotta listen. Now you've got to- me doing the polar. You yeah. have to like turn off the lights, turn no. on like a strobe black light, right? Oh god. Listen to Welcome to the Island by the darkest of the hillside thickets. We suddenly see all this paint <laughs> on the wall of like black light paint that you've done. Oh uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> just cats. Skimble, where is Skimble Shanks? Where is Skimble Shanks? And then <laughs> that will get you in the mindset to enjoy this film. Am I going to have a nightmare about this now? Look, the first 30 minutes of it were like Cenobite shit for me. It was horrible. <laughs> it was torture. And then, then it drug you in. Then then that one piece of mind that was like keeping the sanity broke. And then it was so much fun to watch. <laughs> wow. And that's what we're going to be bringing <laughs> I am, next I am week. horrified. Uh, okay. The only reason I am <laughs> somewhat looking forward to this is... I feel like the episodes where I completely lose my mind are a lot of fun. Yeah, they are. I think it was the Polar Express, but it could have been Nutcracker in the Four Realms where you guys were like, so Jack, what do you rate this movie? I said fucking zero. That, no, I said that about Polar Express. Is that what you, you said? You said that about the Nutcracker. It's always a Christmas movie. Yeah. I guess we didn't get one for Cass yet. Not yet. Cats might be the one, but <laughs> we'll see. Where's Skimble Shanks? Where is he? We're going to find out. Maybe he's hiding out on social media in the memes that Jamie's going to create about the movie. He probably will be in a few weeks. (laughs) I'm just imagining just a screenshot of Skimble Shanks with just the meme text. This cat likes trains. (laughs) Oh, God, and there's a Polar Express. No! Finally, the trains come around. (laughs) Well, if you're brave enough to follow us on social media, despite knowing that we will be watching Cats next week, you can find us at Swords and Satire on Instagram, Facebook, and the smoldering husk of Twitter. (laughs) But again, aside from our main episode, we have bonus episodes and extra little episodes and other artistic things that we do over on our patreon yeah head over to patreon.com slash swords and satire to check it out and support the show we'd really appreciate it if you did it's a christmas miracle it's a holiday miracle (laughs) that's right but if you have to leave the gift giving up to santa this year another great gift you can give to the show which costs you nothing is to tell your friends and family about it. Spread the cheer. If you have a big holiday event, just come in the door and scream swords and satire. Yeah. That's right. Screech it at the top of your lung. (laughs) That's right. Instead of caroling by going door to door, uh, (laughs) singing at people, you can perform our intros to our episodes. Have you heard the good news? And they'll... Someone will be like, ooh, what was that skit you were all doing about a toilet who wants me to shit in their mouth? That was a fun little a fun little carol. Still one of our most notorious, I mean, popular uh, intros. That's right. What's, uh, what's all that about? And you can say, hey, it's my favorite podcast, Swords and Satire. 
you'd better listen to it. That's not like a threat. Sorry, that didn't come out right. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. This is getting worse. <laughs> but you All know, right. it's also safe to tell your loved ones about it because it's always great to enjoy the media you love with the people that you love. It is. Sounds pretty hype to me. All right, guys. Well, until next time. Hail, Hail Krampus! Krampus.